welcome to episode 86 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, Video Code James. Otherwise known as Video Games. Uh, my name is Andrew. James. My name is Jeff. <laughs> I'm Derek. And I'm Jose. Uh, and this week is another iteration of the Backlog Power Hour. We're going to be talking about Hyper Light Drifter. Um, it is the last game in this current cycle of the Backlog. So after today, we will be picking not only a new game, but a new entire set of games, which will exist as, I guess, the next season of the Backlog, if you want to think about it like that, even though we really haven't up to this point. Um, but it should be a lot of fun, so uh, you definitely stick around for that. But the first thing that we're going to do is, of course, our Shark Bites. Gentlemen, we'll start with Derek. Give me your Shark Bite. Uh, Jeff, did you <laughs> watch the reveal gameplay reveal of Marvel sun people midnight suns there midnight suns <laughs> sun people uh i did watch the gameplay reveal yeah. of midnight suns how do you feel about it i feel pretty great about all of it except for the combat not being grid based but it's card based yes and that's why i said i feel card great about based. all of it so the combat is card based i think it said you have three heroes at a time on the field and they can like use special moves and you have like Support-based heroes and support-based cards and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, the one thing that concerned me is that it is a free-flow battle, uh, which is part of why I didn't like Gears Tactics last year. Because okay. like, it's just like, you can move like about this far. Kind of like, it's like when you're playing D&D in the imagination of the brain or whatever like that version is. And like you're like, yeah, you can get to about that rock. And it like, feels... More like that, as opposed to like, okay, I know I can move ten units as in like squares, and like I can plan out my turn around that, and knowing exactly how far my opponent can move, and I feel like just having that like open, like I can go kind of anywhere in this circle. Mm. So if takes I, a little bit of strategy away. If I'm remembering correctly, I want to say XCOM, the two XCOMs had a similar thing. But I believe there was a grid you could turn on. Oh. So, that, okay, so there was well, like a grid underneath it? Yeah, like, well, you didn't, you know, move square by square. You could use that as a way to see how far you actually could move. Like, because I get what you're saying, right? If it's just that free form, like, sometimes you might look at your character in, in, another, in an enemy and be like, okay, yeah, I'm seven squares from that guy. Like, I only got to move two squares to get in range of my five square magic attack or whatever but yeah. with that it, with this yeah yeah so i think uh, i'll be curious to see if that's a part of it i, I want to say it did because i i remember there being like a way to tell how far you could move without just like moving the cursor to like the max range it could yeah. go or whatever. so I'm, I'm looking at some xcom 2 gameplay right now and <clears throat> excuse me um it, you don't visibly see the grid at all time, but like you said, there is an underlying grid, and as you're moving the cursor, like you see the individual squares and like the greater area in which you can move, um, and like yeah, that allows you to like hide behind cover, or, like see like okay, this spot is behind cover and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas like I, if I remember correctly, in Gear Tactic, there was just like no grid whatsoever. Okay, okay. Um, so. If that is more like XCOM, which again being made by the XCOM people, then that should still be pretty okay, I think. And everything about about it, like the card system, the the persona slash Fire Emblem Three Houses in between battles, like right, getting yeah. to know and hanging out to, with all the superheroes to unlock certain abilities and whatnot, and like level up your bonds with them, sounds really cool. Um, so I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at Gears Tactics gameplay now. There was no grid. It was just like you move your cursor and there's like this arc and like eventually you'd move it far enough and there'd be a dot. And yeah, then if you yeah. keep going, it would like put another dot down and it's like, okay, th those dots are your two like moves at max six. And yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. But everything I've seen so far, I'm pretty, pretty pumped about it. I think it could be really, really cool. I yeah. heard uh, Wolverine say bub at least once in the trailer. 
after watching it, I definitely am a little uh, more excited for it. I think I like that it's a little bit different and it's kind of looks like it's going to be its own thing, which I'm excited for. So cool. That was my thing. That's right. That was Derek's thing, even though Jeff talked about it, you know, like 75% of it. He asked me a bunch of questions. All right. Well, Jeff, let me ask you another question. What is your actual thing? So my actual thing is um, I had come to the conclusion I had been playing Neo The World Ends With You, uh, which is the sequel to The World Ends With You. Uh, wasn't sure originally if it was a sequel or not, but it's definitively a sequel. Um, and it's kind of I ran into the issue that you had, Derek, with the original where it's like the gameplay wasn't gripping me. The combat I felt was even more it, it was strategic button mashing. Like, I just knew it's like, okay, now I need to press this button repeatedly. Okay, now I need to press this button repeatedly. And it's like, so there was multiple characters. Instead of it, like, being a pair, it's you make a team. So I think at one point you have six characters. Wow. Um, But at the start, you have three, and then you, like, get up to four. But it's like, okay, Rindo, who's the main character, uh, he's assigned... Or, actually, it's not based on the character. Each pin is assigned to a different button. So, like all of one type of a pin is assigned to the X button and all of another type of a pin is assigned to Y. And I think it goes for all X, A, B, X, Y, L, and R. Um, and then as you get new characters, you put pins on them and you can't have a pin that correlates to the same button on multiple characters. Uh, so it would just be like, okay, I'm using Rindo's pin and then uh, their way of like chaining attacks together instead of the light puck was a thing where once you did enough damage to someone as one character, it would be like a like some notification would hover above the enemy, and then if you attacked them with another character, you would add to your I think it's called a groove meter at the top. Mm-hmm. So you're basically just like strategically cycling through. So like my abilities on my R and L were charge abilities. So like I'd be holding that down, and as that's charging up, I'm mashing the X button to do Rindo's attacks. And then once that thing pops up, I let go of the charging one, and then I start holding on the left one to start charging that one. Uh, and then I start doing the, the Y button attacks. And then once that, the thing pops, and it was just like a cycle and I wasn't even thinking about it. Are you, so I, are you moving your character with the control stick during combat or? Yeah, they're running around, but it, again, it doesn't really do too much. It's just There's like, a, needless no, scraping. yeah, you don't, you're not like changing up your tactics ever. You're just no. doing the same exact thing every single time. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't seem to be getting much more interesting. And it was another thing of like, okay. The equipment system here isn't the best. So just like playing it wasn't and super enticing. And yeah. I was talking to Andrew a bit about this. I'm at a point in my life where I only have so much free time and I can't I can't justify putting time into a game that I'm not like fully invested in. Right. But I did want to know out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did more really want to know where the story went. So I ended up watching a video. It was a five hour video about like all of the story beats. And it does some pretty crazy stuff. It's super relates to the first game like a a lot a lot uh it's yeah you like you need to play the first game in order to play this game um and it's cool um andrew you said you were going to do something similar you're going to go watch yeah i uh i added a video to my watch later i want i i started with a long play at least that's what i'm going to do just to see the gameplay Mm -hmm. um but I probably will eventually switch to a cutscene video. And uh, I said this to you earlier, Jeff, but I have recently especially been in trying to encourage giving up on games that I know I'm not, that I'm just going to force myself to play through. Like mm-hmm. uh, most recently with uh, with 12 minutes, obviously. Oh. Uh, Psychonauts 2, I started and then decided I just don't have the time to, to put into this. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and and I'm fine with that, you know. I I'm at a point where I don't, as much as I feel the need, like I have to finish everything. I have been doing a better job of convincing myself I don't need to do it, mm-hmm. uh, and just you know, getting what I want out of the gameplay, deciding it's not for me, and then like as long it, the way I justify it is as long as I am becoming aware of like as mu- enough of the game as I need to, then I'm fine with it, you know. Yeah, and that's so. kind of how I felt. And it, it, like, it hurt me a little because I I was a big defender, not defender, but like I was a part of the group of like cult classic lovers of the first game. Yeah. And um, but I think it's because I played it when I was a kid, and when you're a kid, it's like okay, I can't just buy a new video game 
whatever I want. I have to play what I have. So, yeah. and I, I think I got it like right before I went on my yearly vacation. Where I always got like one video game for my yearly vacation. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm playing this week. Um, so, um, now that I'm an adult with more or less free time and more expendable money, and uh, I, and we're spoiled by Game Pass. That is true. Um, I d- yeah, I decided it's like okay, I don't need this for the gameplay because even just like the the moment to moment gameplay is just like walk here, talk to somebody. Okay, now walk here and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay, now walk here and talk to somebody. Okay, now do some repetitive battles. Okay, now walk here and, and it's just like yeah. The the my one thing Andrew is the I watched a video it was all voiced cutscenes and I think there was some stuff that I definitely missed that is is conveyed in non voice acted cutscenes. Okay. Um, but that video alone took me five hours to watch. Um, and True. I feel like I got almost all of it. There's like a couple things I might go and do some research for a couple things. Um, but it was interesting. It did some cool stuff. Uh, there were moments where I was like, this makes no sense. And then eventually I was like, oh, of course this makes sense. They, Of course they thought this out. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think it's definitely a contender for a few things for Game of the Year in the future. Um, soundtrack? So soundtrack is definitely up there for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll get there uh, when we get there. But I am I am done with the world. Neo, the world end with, ends with you. Uh, and I'm going to move on to probably still trying to beat all the metroid games (laughs) awesome uh all right well let's move right on to jose what's your shark bite uh well um i don't know if any of you played destiny 2 but oh yeah the new the new witch queen stuff like the witch queen reveal showcase and uh all the new content coming up in december uh with the new dungeon and the new weapons and armor and then Witch Queen itself with all the new content that's adding to uh, Destiny 2 and continuing all that story. It's pretty exciting. I, I really didn't find myself burned out like I usually did back in like year one and two of Destiny 2. I used to play it a lot. And it just it just wasn't the same for me. And then I came back uh, during Season of the Splicer, which was last season. And... I got hooked, and now I can't stop playing Destiny again. <laughs> I I feel like this year has been, like, the best year since maybe year two, I think. Like, Beyond Light had a, was a good launch and was, like, a pretty good expansion, but the season after that, Season of the Chosen, was really good. Season of the Splicer has been really good. This new season that just came out seems like it's going to also be really good. Even though it's going to be a lot longer, it seems like they've got enough in there that like it's going to be good. And then all the stuff they announced for Witch Queen, Witch Queen sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, are are you a like Destiny One Alpha player, or or do you, a, did you join in Destiny Two? I'm a Destiny One Year Two player. So okay, so I, you came along during the Taken King. Yeah, I didn't I didn't manage to get my hands on a PlayStation Four until taken king launched uh well about halfway into taken king's launch but once i did play destiny i didn't stop for like a couple of years and i just kept playing it and playing it and playing it so like i'm a i'm an avid destiny fan but nice well i'm glad now there's someone else on the podcast (laughs) who's a destiny player who's a destiny fan who's been playing t-gun doesn't play destiny he does play destiny but he he doesn't really come on the podcast (laughs) and i don't think he I don't know if he plays Destiny that much. I don't know. I play it a lot, especially when like a new season drops. Like <laughs> I just put everything aside and I just keep playing Destiny. Yeah. Um, Listen, Derek. If you say the word, I will play Destiny with you. I mean, now I like I don't even know what to say to that because like <laughs> it's a big commitment. I don't know if if now is the right time. <laughs> you think I should wait for Destiny three? No, I mean that's like, never if, gonna happen. Actually, I guess now would be the best time because with the new expansion coming out and with how they've structured this year, all the past seasonal content is available during like all year, and then it goes away instead of before. Like last year, they made it so ev- after every season, everything went away. So it was like there was like weird FOMO and like stuff like that whereas this year it's like it's all there so you could you could download it 
now and like play the Beyond Light expansion and then do some of like the seasonal stuff for the other seasons and you wouldn't be like, wait, how did that guy get that gun? Can I not get that gun anymore? It's like, no, you can get it. You just have to go do this thing and then it drops or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's like the best. I still think it's like the best first person shooter out right now. Wow. So so you you could get into Destiny 2 and just kind of get a feel for how the game plays and like how the loot structure is and and all that. Um, Because, I mean, like Derek said, all the new stuff coming up. It's it's going to rotate out what's currently there, and this is gonna be there until like February of next year. Yeah. So you got a lot of time to really like get your hands in there and and try out all everything that Destiny has to offer, which I in my think, opinion is a lot. I think I own it via PlayStation Plus. I think. Well, it's the base game is free. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. And then, and then expansions are what cost. Yeah, you. expansions yeah. are paid, but on there, I, I guess it, the only the expansions are right now on Xbox Game Pass, oh, not PC right. Game Pass, but they are all because I was playing on Xbox for a while until they announced that this new expansion is not going to come to Game Pass for now. We'll see if they change their mind, but yeah. Also, crossplay is enabled, so you. Oh yeah, there's play... crossplay now. So yeah, hey, there you go. And cross save. Yeah, that too. Gotta love it. I don't know. This game is gonna have a life cycle for another like five years. Yep. So it's like I guess even though you didn't start seven years ago, there's still a third of the game's lifespan left. Yeah, like I said, Derek, say so. the word. Alright, well any uh anything else about Destiny you wanted to, to touch on this week? Nah, that's pretty much it. Alright, well guys, get ready for this one, because my Shark Bite this week is Good Boy Galaxy. Have you heard of this? Is this the Game Boy Advance game? Yeah. Yes. So, for those who don't know, Good Boy Galaxy is a game being uh, crowdfunded right now on Kickstarter that is being developed for PC, Nintendo Switch, and Game Boy Advanced. It would make it the first officially released Game Boy Advanced game in 13 years, I think they said. Uh, And aside from that, you know, headline alone. The game actually looks like a game I would enjoy a lot. It's a Metroidvania, and you play as a dog in a spacesuit. Uh, it looks like it's very feel-good, very uh, uplifting, cute, quirky game. I'm it the, I think the like you know the developers are self-aware about it too because on their website there's like a game feature section, and at the bottom it says cutting edge 0.2K graphics. <laughs> so i i think it's gonna be a fun one yeah it definitely gives me some serious metroid vibes yeah well the, i mean they in their description they also say it's an exploration focused platform game similar to metroid or cave story so they said it's a metroidvania without saying it's a metroidvania yeah it it seems like they said they didn't specifically say metroidvania in the sense that they maybe don't want it compared to games that aren't just metroid yeah if you know what i mean yeah, but the, obviously that that's going to happen pretty much no matter what corner you turn. Right. So, anyway, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I think that the fact it's coming to Game Boy Advanced is uh, neat, obviously. Um, if you guys are ready, then why don't we move right on to Hyper Light Drifter, which is the game that we have all played in some capacity. Uh, a little bit about Hyperlight Drifter. First, the game was similarly crowdfunded, uh, released in 2016 for uh, PC, PS4, and Xbox One, uh, and then later it came out to Nintendo Switch in 2018. It, it's also on phones, which I didn't know until recently. That came out in 2019. Uh, but it is a 2D action game, kind of similar to uh, Legend of Zelda of old, like the 2D ones, like to the past most predominantly. Um, and that's about it, at least as for the concepts go, I feel like we can get into all these specifics as we go. Um, so let's start this off how we always do with our general impressions. And this time we're not going to start with Adam, namely because he isn't here. Uh, and because I'm sure 
no matter which way we went about it, he would end up finding a way to tangent off into some very specific part of the game. Uh, so, Derek, let's start with you. Uh, yeah. Um, this game was a game. Like nice. Would you care I to elaborate? I think it has. <laughs> right, thank you for coming to the Game Sharks podcast. I, I think it has a cool, like, pixelated art style. Um, but the game doesn't really have much like depth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. And maybe it's just me. Like the the the, the different weapons how you use them i guess is like add some depth like i i ended up using um the blunderbuss i think for the majority of the game because i liked how i could just dodge right up to people and fire into them and it would do a ton of damage and i could like dodge out um i don't know if you guys ever tried the dodge chaining uh thing but once i like figured out how to do that it was a lot of fun to like pull it off in combat um as hard as it was to pull off uh and then yeah i don't like the environments are kind of cool but they don't they're basically like they kind of get samey like the underground environments are kind of all similar the and then you know the above ground environments are different based on what quarter you're in um it felt like a very like i feel like the comparison to a zelda game doesn't live up to anything so it's a bad comparison like it's zelda e in the sense that in the original zelda you wake up and have to go adventure and in this game you wake up and have to go adventure but other than that like the gameplay wise they are not similar in any way uh there are no i guess there are like i don't know man you go screen to screen just like wiping out people with your sword and your projectile that's very zelda exploring I guess for me, like, Zelda has some puzzle element to it, where this game doesn't really have puzzle element to it. You're just walking around, killing things, and then moving on. Like, you're just clearing the screen and moving on. Uh, Like, there's no need to go find a certain weapon to, like, maneuver on or whatever. Like, you just go to the places. Oh, okay, I go here, clear it, get pull the thing out of the ground... Well, Derek, the next saying, one. saying something is like a Zelda game doesn't mean it's a hundred percent the same as a Zelda game. It is just in some way similar. I like, but I, I feel like this was. It, I guess it's it's like more of an adventure game from like the days of old than even Zelda. I like you mean like Zelda? Zelda. <laughs> but <laughs> this is a Derek doing his Derek thing again, where he's like trying to say something without knowing how to say it. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I don't think it's a Zelda game, but. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You guys are getting what I'm saying. I feel like, but maybe the uh, our listeners might not. I don't know. It's just very. <laughs> it's shallow. It's a very shallow game, on the gameplay wise. Uh, I I think my favorite thing about the game is there's not a single word. In the entire game. Yeah. And everything story wise is done visually, and I thought that was really cool. Because I felt like I kind of knew what was going on, even though nothing was telling me directly what was going on. Like it right away, you go up to the, you wake up in that guy's house, and there's like a computer you go up to, and it like shows you like you have to go find these things. These are the things you have to find, and you're like, okay, I guess I got to go find those. And you go up to the first area, and you find those, and it like kind of you know it visually shows you on the screen look you found four of them and now this part is completed maybe now go to the next area and i think you can go anywhere or you can go one of two places after that can you go east or west i went you can start east. the game by going in either of the three areas oh you can yeah okay yeah. you just can't go south correct okay so yeah yeah you can go anywhere you want and then yeah i don't know the game kind of guides you along lightly with like the door some doors can only be opened after you find a certain amount of the pieces and stuff like that um yeah i don't know how much more in depth i should go into the story if we're going to talk about that more right. later or we'll get to it uh, 
but I'm I sure. liked the bosses. I thought the bosses were pretty good. Um, I don't think I fought all of them because I I only found like four weapons, and I think there's some weapons behind more bosses. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That is. I don't know either. I just know I didn't go everywhere. I didn't explore the entire map because I only sure. did. I maybe like only got more than four pieces in a couple of the areas, and it was only because they were like on my way to the final boss of that area or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then you know, the game, I don't think the game was overly difficult. You just kind of like once you realize how the game is played, you just got to find like the strategy and like a uh, bullet hell sort of game. You got to find the boss's pattern and dodge and attack when you can kind of thing. Um, kind of like a, nothing... you like a Zelda game? Not like a Zelda game at all. <laughs> no, I would say I say more like Dark Souls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. More like, like games from that era, you know. I don't well, know. I, I feel like <laughs> I just played this game and it was like, that was a game that I played. Sure. Okay. Didn't really leave an impact I feel like on my life. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll we'll come back we'll come back to that later. But let's move on to Jose. Jose, how did you feel about this game overall? Well, I liked it. Um, I thought the the gameplay was was fun to like figure out. Like at the beginning, you're kind of just fumbling around trying to like dash, and you know you keep dodging like out of the arena, or you dash into an attack and you end up dying, but once you figure out how the um, mechanics work of the game, it wasn't really all that difficult. It was actually pretty satisfying because um, I used the shotgun or the blunderbuss, whatever it was, for most of my encounters because I could just dash up to somebody and just you know, shoot them right in their face. Yep. And usually they would die in one shot. Um, but overall, I mean, didn't have much going for it i thought the aesthetics were really pretty i thought all the colors and the color choices of of the game and like the level design and um the enemies and everything like that was cool like i thought it was aesthetically pleasing um but it didn't really leave me feeling like oh wow like that was a that was a great game it was just like that was a game (laughs) yeah Thank you. Okay. I I, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I totally get where you're coming from, Derek. Like at the end of the of the playthrough, once I beat it, I was like, okay, I'm satisfied. But I wish there was like more to, to the satisfaction. Like, you know, when you like beat a game and you're like, all right, well, it's done. And there's other times where you beat it and you're like, wow, that was great. It it wasn't one of those, unfortunately. Yeah. But the exploration was cool. I thought the upgrading mechanics of like, you know, getting the the little yellow pieces and piecing everything together to get the upgrade nodes was cool. Um, the cosmetic changes that were purely just because you wanted to look different were cool as well. They actually like, have different effects. They do have different effects. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just put it on because they look cool. Yeah, no, every, <laughs> every costume does something different. That's cool. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a game. It was fun, but it I probably won't play it again cuz there's not much else to play. Like it it's pretty straightforward. You get the pieces, you beat the thing and then you something happens in the end and that's the end of that. Okay. You know. All right. Now Jeff, I yeah. I'm kind I'm I'm on the fence about which one of us should go first cuz I think both of us have Fairly interesting ver- takes on this. I think we're gonna agree. We're gonna have common takes about almost everything. You I think? think we're gonna disagree about one thing. Okay. Then yeah, uh, I guess let's. I, you go first then. Okay. So, um, I think this game has some pretty incredible visuals. I love all the animations. I love the color palette. Um, I really like what it's doing with its. It's like hyper stylized pixel art i love the soundtrack of this game all of the sounds this is making is like gives me like 80s mystery synth vibes i don't know it's the music's incredible yeah i love all of that this is one of the uh this is one of the rarest video game vinyl sets that exists is it and i totally have it 
Yeah, I, I really do love the music in this game. And, like, the usage of light and the way, like, light illuminates things. And, like, it's, like, that pulsing nature you see throughout all. It's just, like, I don't know. I think the visuals and audio of this game, hands down phenomenal. Uh, I think playing this game is absolute butts. <laughs> uh, I think uh, the controls feel super clunky. Uh the dashing, I got the chain dash pretty early on. Uh, I did not beat this game, by the way. I beat one boss and then quit while I was trying to beat the second boss. Um, I just feel like, why is the chain dash chain dash so difficult to do? There's no reason for it to like be frame perfect. Like, give a little bit of a window to to use this thing. I shouldn't have to like put the amount of time I've put into be getting good at Super Smash Brothers in order to play this four hour game. You know. Um, I didn't. I don't. Didn't get the blunderbuss that you guys are talking about. The first boss I killed gave me a sniper rifle. Yeah, so I couldn't well, just like one get, shot people like you were talking about. Yeah, you get different weapons. Like you get each weapon specifically from defeating a certain enemy or in a specific yeah. location in some cases. So yeah. you probably just happen to not go the same way. And yeah. Get that um. So yeah, that was frustrating because it sounds like you guys got that one weapon and then just kind of breeze through the game with it. Whereas I did not get that weapon and the sniper rifle was pretty not great because you'd do like one semi strong shot and then you'd have to reload and you only got four. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like this, like I just felt like chaining my sword attacks together just didn't feel good and just like the general movement, the way you could just like. I don't know, fall off the map at any given time just because, like, oh, my my dash went in a weird direction that I wasn't trying to go. I don't know. I just felt like it was clunky and didn't control or play well. But I loved looking at and listening to this game. It has the one of the greatest intros to a video game ever. That opening cutscene is absolutely incredible. I really do love that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, every When I was playing through it, all I could think I was like, I could screenshot literally any frame of this game and have it be a, a background for my computer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It does look super cool. I, I feel like that's what makes this game, like... That's why people talk about this game. Yeah, and I don't know, because it immediately makes me think, why why are uh, games like Ori and Hollow Knight memorable? And it's because, well, visually, they're memorable, but also their gameplay. So I feel like, for me, that's why this game falls so flat, is because while it is so visually cool and, like, awesome to listen to, it doesn't, yeah, it's not fun to play, and that sucks. Yeah, I think what you were just saying with, like, two games, two of my favorite games ever are Ori, or not Ori, uh, Hollow Knight and Celeste. Uh Celeste is a game where you fail over and over and over, and Hollow Knight has a lot of very difficult boss fights. Uh, and at no point in those games when I would die, I would be, I would get frustrated. I'd be like, okay, I know what I did wrong, and I can go back and I can execute better. Whereas in this game, anytime I would die, especially on that boss, the boss of the West, uh, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, but every time I die, I'm like, this is just bullshit. Like, I'm trying to dash away. And, like, my second dash just doesn't come out, and he just jumps and hits me and kills me. And mm. it's just like, what the... F this feels bad. Like, dying here feels bad. Whereas in games like Celeste and Hollow Knight, dying is like, okay, I learned something. I mis-executed. I can do it better next time. Whereas every time in this, I was like, I can't do it any better. This is the game just isn't allowing me to. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. All right. Um... Before I go, I will briefly read some of Adam's thoughts. Ah, uh, yes. Who he uh, did send me his thoughts separately, so it uh, it's it's a bit all over the place. So he says the control scheme took a bit to get used to. He played it on the Switch. Uh, he said he liked the overall design; it was cool and unique. Uh, and he also liked the lack of dialogue in the game and how it would is portrayed all information through pictures. Um, he said that the map was hard to read, the bosses are hard, uh, or at least he said half of them were. He said the other two were were pretty easy. I bet he got the blunderbuss. Um, and then his next sentiment is that he uh, didn't take the time to search for any of the extra keys or or modules or whatever because he just never felt pushed to do it. Uh, mm. You know, he never really felt incentivized to do it. Um, so he thinks that the uh, 
uh, game could have been a little more clear or uh, precise in, in like guiding you to do those things. Um, and that about that about sums up Adam's thoughts minus the actual rating of it. Um, but I guess we'll move on to, to me, which is uh, going to be a vast departure from the from the vibe so far, which is that uh, I think this game is absolutely incredible. Um, and so my story with it is that I, so I've played this game before, uh, and I was essentially the one who uh, picked it for the hat in the first place. Um, and Jose and Derek, my take on the game, the first time I played it was exactly the same as yours. I was like, yeah. So I remember playing it. I remember enjoying it. Obviously I enjoyed the visuals and audio aspects of it the most as many people do uh but i remember feeling the same way that jeff you felt with the combat you know like this isn't very fun it feels you know blocky it feels like it's not really responsive uh but playing it a second time and knowing the context behind the game's development and even just having a prior knowledge and a prior experience with it really taught me to look at the game deeper. Uh, and the things I noticed on my second playthrough really blew my mind. So if you didn't know the creator of this game and the, and the founder of uh, heart machine, who is the development company who is making this and making solar ash, which comes out later this year, uh, Alex Preston, uh, Alex Preston in real life has a heart disease. And so the concept of this game uh, largely surrounds and is reflective of Alex Preston's real life heart disease. So, like it, when you start the game, it's evident that your character is um, is in some way sick. He has a uh, can't think of the word, but he's he's sick. Um, yeah. So the the game is a reflection of his real life experience and his emotion as like he have to deal with that problem in his real life. So the game. Uh, very much captures that tone of desolation, isolation. Uh, and even as you play the game, it kind of shifts moods the same way that he does in real life, where a, it's a story with um, with the development of the game is that as he received more and more positive messages and, and you know, reinforcement on Kickstarter from fans who wanted to, to play the game, uh, he in turn made the tone of the game a little more uplifting. You know, he added more characters that, that shared the same condition of the character that you play as uh, he sh- he added more NPCs to make the world feel more together, you know? And so I thought that the, that playing through this game, the tone, uh, the tone seemed like really masterful for me knowing that context because it did such a good job of capturing this sense of being alone, but also, hopefulness in the same way um and i think that the the lack of dialogue does that there's a lot of like tragedy you stumble upon throughout the world which like makes the like there's a lot of not only like individual character tragedy but also like scenes that you stumble upon like the like the rotting husks of giants or whatever that make the feet the world feel alone yet lived in and so i thought that uh a lot of that stuff was pretty brilliant um, as for the combat, I think purely having played it before, I it clicked with me pretty fast, so I gained a mastery of it pretty fast as well, and therefore didn't have a problem with it. Um, but that uh, that's pretty much my overall take. Uh, so I think that this game benefits tremendously on a second playthrough, so I might encourage at least the two of you, Derek and Jose, to to give it a try. I can't say that I will. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I don't expect you to at all. Don't get me wrong. I I did, like, after I played the game and, and like, looked up, looked into it a little bit more, I, like, did see what you're talking about in the sense that, like, okay, yeah, like, this is a game about a guy's struggle with, with heart disease. And, uh, like, that, I thought that was cool. And it definitely made me appreciate, like, the game a little more. But I still think as a game... It's that this it's like right. This is one of those games where we've hit that point of game and art, and this yeah. game, I think, is art, but isn't always game. Yeah, it's, it's more <laughs> art than game. I do agree with that. 
like first impressions unfortunately are just not not there like i now hearing about the whole heart disease thing like now that i'm thinking back on all the different situations and scenarios that the game put me in it, it clicks and it makes sense but as a person who didn't know that and who is you know played it for the first time completely blind yeah it i mean it is what it is you know yeah and don't get me wrong i'm not necessarily trying to i'm not trying to convince any of you that my take right. is the right take i'm just saying this is the experience i had playing this game a second time yeah and i i do think that it's cool to have that perspective uh because if you hadn't played this game i don't know if we were like it's not yeah. something we would have been able to talk about or, or share was, or whatever and i was like ready and willing fully expecting to enter this episode pl having played the game a second time and having the exact same reaction that you guys have all had uh <laughs> but i was thoroughly like i was surprised by how much i ended up enjoying this on my second on my second time um the main reason i wanted you all to play it was mostly for the presentation like we mentioned just mm -hmm. how how cool and stylized that this game looks and sounds aside not only like is the sound the soundtrack is good on its own like you mentioned jeff but the way that they use it in so many spots is so interesting to me because there will be a lot of quiet moments and then all of a sudden you enter an area where you stumble upon like a scene of like there's corpses on the ground something like happened here and then this like deep synth sting plays yeah there's like one big synth chord just like yeah yeah <laughs> That stuff was super sick. Like the presentation and the 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 way that they used the music in the world was awesome. Yeah. And seeing all the rotting husks and like learning about how it was that they were defeated is also super interesting. Like there was one of them that was like I think stabbed through the eye and one of them was being preserved or something. It was weird. But yeah. it was super cool. So it worked. Yeah, the uh I remember like distinctly like go like I think it was in the eastern area there was like this one rotting uh corpse of a giant you like stumble you, you walk up to him and then you can like circle back around after going underground and you go to the other side and you like discover another portion of that corpse and it's it just every screen that you go through and like as some new information some new drip feed of like additional context to the world and like it adds to the lore and the story of it and like the fans the super fans of this game have like picked apart the lore uh and like done a lot of speculation about it which i have not gotten into because a lot of it is mostly like i said speculation um but i think it's so cool that all of that stuff exists in the game if you look for it um it's yeah like i said playing Playing this game the second time taught me to like look a little deeper at things, and mm -hmm. I hope that I hope I have the same level of of like insight to a game to most games I play going forward. I can't say I will, but I hope so. It definitely uh, makes me more interested in seeing where Solar Ash goes, especially because it's supposed to take place in this in this same world. Um, like I know Solar Hash has kind of been on our our radar because it was one of the games announced for this year, like one of six that are actually coming out. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm curious to see like uh, where, how how much more does that game explore this world? Right? You said like there's this lore that exists, but so yeah, I, I'm it makes me more interested in the game after playing this. I don't know if I would have been as interested in it had mm. I not played hyperlight drifter so i guess yeah. that's a good thing i don't know if it takes place in the same world or not it yeah no he they've confirmed it takes place in the same like world they just haven't said in what context okay yeah because like the the world itself i mean that game looked more like it was taking place on a foreign planet as opposed to like one continent in a world yeah, right so all right, sorry. Same universe as Hyperlight oh, Drifter, okay. Which I, is even more vague, I guess. Yeah, sure. That basically like that yeah. that leaves the limit the limits off. But I know, so I know, Derek, that at least you attempted the dash challenge. But I'm curious to know how much uh like extraneous uh, activities in this game you guys attempted to do. 
aside from just going through the four main objectives? I did not. I don't. I mean, I don't know how to quantify, but I I definitely explored. Uh, I especially because with the weapons, the the upgrade system, I was always looking for those upgrade nodes, and then yeah. uh, I figured out after a while that you could find weapons kind of off a of beaten path. So I was interested in exploring, but I, I think I only ended up finding four of the six total. I think they were. T- I missed the shotgun and one other one. I think I don't remember what it was called. Uh, I looked mm-hmm. it up after, but yeah, I definitely like had that mentality of like I want to explore this world a little bit and go into those little nooks and crannies, even if it's just for an upgrade node or uh, those tablets that I don't know what they do. The monoliths. I found, yeah, I found like six of them. I think. Yeah. Or... So there's there's sixteen total monoliths. And getting all of them gives you uh, an outfit that gives you an extra health bar. Okay. Oh. Yeah, huh. I think I don't think I got any outfits in the game. Any at all? Yeah. Really? Is there one for beating the game? Well, there's one that the yeah, game I think just there's one that you, you get in New oh, Game Plus. I got that one. That's the only one I got. Yeah, that is one. My one, I think, big drawback on this game is that there are some things that some people would consider pertinent information that it doesn't tell you but probably should namely the effects that your equipment gives you uh for example the outfits like you know jose you didn't even know that they gave you effects and i didn't even know until halfway through my second playthrough where i like i had to look it up to to figure it out uh i think there's like and a lot of them aren't exactly noticeable effects there's one outfit that uh, reduces the time you can or the downtime between dashes. There's one that like uh, makes your sword do maybe a little bit extra damage. Um, they, there's a lot of like different really minuscule effects uh, that aren't exactly noticeable outside of the extra health bar one. But even in order to get that, you have to have essentially played the entire game already. Uh, and then I do think I kind of agree with Adam in the sense that the world design in terms of the exploration, the finding secrets is a little bit obtuse. Uh, you really have to be looking for it in order to find a lot of the stuff. There's a lot of stuff I couldn't find without using a guide. That um, area to the west where like there's just visible platforms and there's no way of knowing that there's invisible platforms unless you just dash off the map and land on one is bullshit. Well, a lot of the invis- there's because the invisible platforms... Uh, show up a lot in the game and the way that you find them is when you're standing on the edge next to them your uh your droid buddy will kind of like pop a symbol up next to him and then if you hold down uh x i think at least i played using an xbox controller so y i think um then it will reveal all of the all of the invisible platforms will flash for a second and then you can find them that way yeah there's nothing that told me that (laughs) Well, it's the same button that you would use to interact with an NPC. Up. Yeah, but like, I don't know. There's nothing to say like, hey, your robot's acting weird. Press Y and you'll see these invisible platforms. I, I think it's it feels like it's, it's, a, you know, it's another one of those things where it's like a visual cue. Like, when you go up to a, a thing, uh, a door, you like, your guy flies to the door. So like, all of a sudden, when you go up to this spot, he like does something. It's like, oh, there must be a reason to press button so that's how i figured out i was like all right i pressed button and it did the thing and i was like oh cool there's platforms and then after that i knew to kind of look for that around the world so yeah it's the fault of the no text thing right like if you don't get that visual cue the first time you're gonna miss it the rest of the game yeah and yeah so it definitely it was definitely a a risk he took or like um, a choice he made to have that be the entire game but i think it it leaves chance for stuff like what happened to me to happen where it's like okay i just didn't pick up on this one thing because whatever visual non-instructive uh option he chose just didn't click with me and then i missed out on a large part of the game because of it you know yeah well usually this is the part of the podcast where we would talk about the story for an hour but there really isn't uh, story story here i mean there is but since it's i will like... admit i have no idea what <laughs> it's trying to tell me here not a fucking clue uh i i tried to like see like like decipher the images and like okay is this like some post-apocalyptic 
world that he's trying to save. That's basically all I got from it. Yeah, it is. To, it's definitely told so minimally that I I really even don't have much of a grasp on it. Yeah, um, I refused to look up anything online too because I wanted to see if I could figure it out just from playing the game, which yeah. I could not. Yeah, I guess it seems that we have kind of almost run out of uh of things to talk about here about it. You know? Yeah, I feel like, like there's not a ton to talk well, about with this game in all yeah, honesty. Yeah, I mean, because once we hit the you know the major bullet points, the presentation and the gameplay, that's you know the gameplay itself really you know kind of loops on itself several times and then the presentation is existent throughout so once we hit those two things you've essentially talked about the entire game so it's not like this is a you know 20 hour long rpg with a lot of things to to pick apart it's it's a pretty simple game and that's part of the reason i like it so in order i guess in order to prevent us from talking about you know dumb bullshit for another 20 minutes let's just you know call it right here so let's rank it yeah I'm uh, I'm gonna get it out of the way now because I know that um that uh, I I I'm giving it a five and You're I know insane. and I know that none of you agree with me, but this is my my <laughs> personal just... experience with the game. I think this game is awesome. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Ooh, I could never give a game that's so boring to play the highest score possible. See, I didn't find it boring, which is why. Yeah. Uh. I I'm gonna give it a three, and I think that's being generous. I I, I fully expected it to be like the most disparate. Ranking. I think I think it is. It succeeds at being an artsy game, but it isn't a fun game to play. Uh, as, as Derek and Jose said, it's a video game. Hyperlight Drifter. It's yeah. a video game. Derek and or Jose. I I I think it is a solid three. Like I, it is average. I guess it's it's worth playing for its uh like audio and visualness. I think it's not a long game. Uh yeah, with other games that we've kind of given threes, especially in our backlog. Um, I'm yeah, I feel like this is for me a three. Jose, I give it a four. I enjoyed it. I had fun, even though the story wasn't at all like told to me i still absorbed some of the of the general feeling of it um i thought the once you figured out the controls it was actually kind of fun it felt at least for me it was satisfying because it was already inherently tough and i like like really tough like um kick you while you're down kind of games like devil may cry and ninja gaiden and all those kind of things so tough controls wasn't really much of a problem Uh, i thought the the visuals were fantastic and that on its own, if we were just winning that, that would be a five. Absolutely. Uh, the music was great. So, I mean, it kept me engaged uh, long enough for me to play it and not actually even realize that time had passed. I was just kind of figuring out the game. And for that, for, for a game to do that, it's enough for me to give it a four. I thought it was good. Great. Not, uh, not fantastic, not perfect, but it was a four. That's good. Sure. Uh, and then Adam... Also gave it a four. Uh, he hmm. said it is a well-made game that he liked playing and really wanted to finish, but there are a lot of extra things he had no drive whatsoever to go find, and some design choices that confused him while playing. Uh, so, where do you guys think that we should drop this consensus? I'm obviously I'm not going to push for it to be a five overall. Uh, so it's pretty much between a three and a four. Uh, I mean, it's at a 3.8, so I think it's safe to say we should bump that up to a 4, right? It's much closer to 4 than it is to 3. Yeah. I have, uh, obviously, I I would put it at a 4 personally out of the two, but... uh, I'm fine with putting it at a 4. Yeah, that's that's mainly I wanted, you know, the two two people who gave it a 3, I need your consent to to put it where, uh, where we want. So... Four overall is where it shall be. Okay. Uh, All right. And that leaves us with one thing to do, Jeff. Bail at trivia. No. Two things to do. Oh. We got to pick a new game. Pick a new game. Am I doing it or are you doing it? I assumed that you were going to continue to do it, but I can do it if you want. No, I'll do it real quick. I'm not using uh, 
pieces of paper this time. I'll just do, yeah. I uh, thought you were gonna like write them all down again. You want to do trivia first, and then we'll pull it after while I'm doing this. That sounds good to me. Okay. All right. Question number one: What animal is the Eastern Boss? I didn't do that one. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Jeff, what animal is the Eastern Boss? You couldn't have picked either of the two that I did. <laughs> uh, he's a I, bull. No. Uh, Derek. Um, bird. Jose. He's a toad. Yeah, Jose is correct. The bird it is, is definitely toad. The, the, the toad. North. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And Jeff, the reason I picked the eastern one is because the toad was the most recognizable. Uh, so I, I thought a like, I wouldn't bird know. was pretty recognizable. Yeah, I know, but like, this game is pretty is pretty obtuse in a lot of places, so I wanted to make the questions slightly on the easier side. Uh, all right, Jose with one. Question number two. What is the canonical name of the character you play as? Don't, oh. don't think too hard about this one. We'll start with uh, we'll start with you again, Jeff. Drifter. Derek. Drifter. Jose. Uh Drifter, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's the Drifter. I did it. It's not it, that one was basically a toss. I'm in. the best. <laughs> nice. You got one, Jeff. Uh all right. Question number three. How many modules, which are the, the little pink triangles you get? Are required to finish the game. To finish the game. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. We'll, uh, we'll start with. Uh, I guess I'll have to start with Jeff again on this since he didn't beat it. I'm gonna guess twenty. Uh, Jose. Finish the game. Yeah, like to roll to beat the final boss. Oh wait. Oh. Um. Sixteen. Derek. Sixteen. It is sixteen. <laughs> You need to get four from each area. Yeah, you know, I knew that, and I was like, there's probably, like... So, I didn't know there was, like, the the south is, like, the final boss. It's not. Oh. It's not. Nope. You just There just aren't any um, modules in the center area. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, you just need 16 to unlock it, and then you can go down there, and then that's... It's basically, what? you go down, and it's just the final boss. Like, that's all there is down there, essentially. All right. Um, okay. Question number four. I believe the score is Jose three, Derek two, Jeff one. Uh, so how many dashes do you need to chain together to get the second reward from the dash arena? And a bonus if you can tell me what the reward is. It's 200 dashes, and it's a costume that gives you more ammo for your gun. Jose. Uh, I don't know, 10 dashes? And it gives you... Um, an extra dash unlock, like a like an upgrade. Derek. Uh, you said the second one. Correct. The second one is a hundred dashes, and I think it just gives you an upgrade node. So, none of you got the number of dashes. Jeff got the reward. Did I kind, actually? Kind of. Wait, what did you say for the effect? I said it was a costume that gives, gives you, you more ammo. More ammo for your gun. So I'm almost tempted. I think I'm going to give you a point for naming that it's a costume, but yeah. it doesn't do that. It doubles your stamina. Close. And the number of dashes required to get it is 800. I thought that. No, that's the Whoa. third reward. No, there's only dashes? there's only two rewards. I thought there was 10, then 100, then 800. No, there's only 100 and 800. Are you sure? I am positive. Derek was talking because, about getting to 100. Because I got both of them. I, I'm pretty sure the first time you do it, you do 10 in a row and you get something. No, you do 100 in a row. Damn. Because I had 800 written down. Yeah. And yeah. I was the like, wait. The first reward I'm is a gear sure. bit for 100 dashes, and the second is a purple outfit yeah. for 800 dashes. Guess who got the 800 reward? Me. I did. Holy shit. I cheesed wow. it, though. That take? Oh, you uh, cheesed it. Yeah, so I, I played on PC. So the way that the PC dash works is you control a cursor with your mouse, and you will always dash towards the cursor. So what I did is you just center the cursor on that little strip in the middle that resets your stamina, and just then I'm just timing spacebar hits over and over. So I just did that 800 times. So you didn't have to, like, 
I didn't have like to move, move my mouse or anything. All again. I was doing is pressing spacebar rhythmically. Jeez. All right, Jeff squeezing a point in there. So that makes the score three to two to two. Yeah, Moving go. into question this. number five. What is the name of the game's antagonist, quote unquote, basically the final boss? I have a hint if you need it. Uh, if you think you need I it. mean, I won't say no to a hint. Uh, so characters in this game are uh, often referred to or associated with tarot cards. Oh, okay. oh I know this. That's cool. I'm not super familiar with tarot cards. You know what you you would be if you played Binding of Isaac. But you're not wrong. <laughs> Make Derek go first. I was I was just gonna say, Jeff. Let's start with Derek. I put the skeleton. That is okay. Jeff. <laughs> uh, isn't like death a tarot card? Jose. Judgment. It is judgment. Uh, Death is a tarot card, though, Jeff. Yeah. I knew a tarot card. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, with that, Jose wins trivia. Congratulations, Jose. But we will do the tiebreaker question for fun, as always. Guys, how many total gear bit packs are required to purchase everything from all the shops in Central Town? The gear bit packs, so one... So when you pick up one of those yellow things, that's one gear bit. And when you collect four of them and it like does that animation in your menu, that is a gear bit pack. And you want to know how many packs it requires? Yes. 87. 15. I'm going to say 24. Uh, I believe Jose is the closest. It's 40. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it's... It's three for each of the sword upgrades, three for each of the dash upgrades. Uh, it's, I think, five total to get the uh, health pack upgrades where you can increase the amount that you can carry. And then in order to get the grenades, it might be another five. Uh, and then it's two for each one of your guns to get an ammo upgrade. I did the math. Uh, but. Congrats, Jose. Jeff, I believe that has given you plenty of time to find the next game for the backlog. It sure has. Okay, are you guys ready? I was born ready. The next game that we're going to be playing for the backlog power hour is... Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Ooh, baby. Yeah. I'm pumped about this one. This one was, was my pick. Basically, for full disclosure, the way that we did this next quote-unquote season of the backlog is that all of us uh, who opted into it are, get, like, we basically each picked one game, uh, and then we randomized the rest. So, Hellblade is my pick, so I'm pretty excited about it. It is on Game Pass, just so you guys know. It is? Sweet. Yeah. I will definitely be doing that then. I will, uh, I'll download that shortly. It's uh, how long to beat says it's like six to eight hours. So yeah, pretty sure. Nice. I don't know. I don't know anything about this game. All I know is that it got nominated for a bunch of awards at uh, I think the 2017 awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people and I wanted to play it before the sequel comes out. Um, yeah, so smart. I'm pretty pumped for it. I have heard the only the one thing I do know about this game is I have heard strong recommendations to use headphones. So if you weren't planning on doing that. I recommend that you do. Uh, all right. Um, well, get excited for that, gentlemen. But that's just gonna about just gonna about do it. I can't speak for the life of me. Uh, you can check out Jose's stream at twitch.tv underscore. I do that every time. Slash Haywire underscore J. Jose, now that you are here, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what your schedule actually is, since I think it's kind of gotten flipped around after the move. It's been all over the place, essentially. It's just whenever I get the chance. So, like, lately I've been doing Destiny on stream. Um, I'm hoping to have time this week to stream some more. I want to finish God of War. I want to finish... Uh, or I want to start Horizon Zero Dawn, especially oh, since yeah. I got that. Um, oh, the performance the patch. The performance oh, patch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully this week, 
uh, we'll be doing some more God of War and more Destiny, but at least for sure Destiny. Nice. Well, if you uh, if you want to know more about Jose's uh, stream schedule, you can always join his Discord server, also titled Haywire underscore J. I believe the link to that is on your Twitch page. Yep. All right. Uh, so definitely be sure to check that out. Uh, our show art is done by Sam Lopes, and our music is done by Matt Ferrara. Um, you can send us any emails. Tell me why I'm a dumbass for liking this game so much at GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. Um, but other than that, guys, we are Finn. retroactively change your score for symphony of the night i appreciate it